0: Learn all about investing in real estate in Phoenix, Arizona with a combination of real estate financial planning and modeling with numbers specific to Phoenix. Plus, syndicated, more generalized recordings of live and pre-recorded real estate investing classes, not all of them specific to Phoenix. Be sure to stay tuned after the podcast for a message from our sponsors. Recently, I taught a brand new class called Real Estate Investing Rubicons. It was intended to be an advanced goal-setting class that I published to the podcast. However, the recording of it failed, so I'm unable to publish it. During the class, I talked about a goal-setting and achieving exercise I created over a decade ago called the Future Narrative Checklist or the Future Narrative Process. I happen to have a recording of the first time I taught the Future Narrative Process, and so I thought I'd share that with you via recording. Please realize that this recording was from December of 2012 and that some of the things referenced are not recent and no longer available. Like all the stuff I say is available on Jamesore.com, none of that's available there anymore. But I think you'll find the future narrative process valuable to use for achieving your own goals. And that's ultimately why I'm sharing the recording. Also, I edited out the paperwork moment where I would normally go over the paperwork for buying, selling, and investing in real estate since it was dated information from back in 2012. Enjoy. Good morning and welcome, everyone. This is James Orr, and this is yet another episode of the James Orr Show. The show for bird dogs and real estate wholesalers and real estate investors and real estate entrepreneurs and real estate agents and real estate brokers and and me. Today is going to be a special episode. It's going to be an episode on kind of a process I've personally used internally. Um, And then I finally have documented, I'm calling it my future narrative checklist. And I'll tell you why I'm covering it today here when we go over the agenda and a little bit of other information. Um, Also have a couple announcements I'll make here. But first, let's go over the agenda. This is a live call. It is, I guess, a couple minutes before 10 o'clock. I guess I'm starting early today. Um, It is a couple minutes before 10 o'clock on Thursday, the 13th of December. So if you've got questions and you want to ask them, if you're on live, you are welcome to do so. Anything that you need questions about, definitely let me know. I'm here to help. Here is a little bit of information about the upcoming schedule for the rest of the year. The last show of the year will be on the last day of the world. Friday, December 21st, 2012. Supposed to be the end of the world, according to, I believe, the Mayans. So uh, if the world continues past December 21st, we will resume episodes of the James Orr Show live on Wednesday, January 2nd. That's 2013. A couple of my friends who uh, run local groups for real estate investors is uh, asked me about two different ones, asked me about getting them over kind of a rough outline for the goal setting and achieving live Event I'm doing. It's called Goal Setting and Achieving for Real Estate Entrepreneurs. It's going to be live in Loveland, Colorado at the Boot Grill, January 8th, 2013, from about six o'clock till nine o'clock. Although, looking at my outline, um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to need to abridge some stuff because there's just a ton of stuff to cover and probably not enough time to do it in that evening. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll break it up into some other sessions or something like that. But the intent is to go and do that live, help you guys get ready for 2013. And part of that process was talking about this future narrative checklist that I just created. So I'm gonna go over part of that today It's kind of almost a preview in many ways of the new checklist I wrote for it. And also to kind of give you an idea of some of the things we're gonna be going over on January 8th. Today we're gonna go over another real estate investor affirmation. We'll go over the future narrative checklist and we will continue with the paperwork moment here is a little bit about the goal-setting and achieving for real estate entrepreneurs, the agenda for that night. This is uh, right from the jamesdoor.com website, kind of an outline of some of the different thoughts I have on what we're covering there, and this is the page that I sent over to the two friends that I have that are going to be uh, promoting it to their group, and probably will contact a couple of my other friends that run another group here locally as well. Uh, maybe I'll have reach out to some of the guys in Denver. Um, it's going to be worthwhile attending. So the topics of failure and men, we're going to go over the concept of failure and feedback and what it really means and how to overcome it and how to lessen the sting. Uh, Goal setting worksheet, beginning with the end in mind and working backwards. A little bit about the process that we have for the future narrative checklist. It's going to be very similar. Effectiveness of various marketing strategies for buying and selling houses and how to apply those to goal setting and achieving. So if you know you want to buy a certain number of houses, how much marketing will you need to put out in order to get enough leads in order to buy that number of houses, in order to sell that number of houses? We're going to walk through what those numbers are and then how I would actually apply those in a planning model or a goal setting model in order to achieve those goals. Kind of an important step if you haven't ever done that before. You want to know, okay, well, if I want to go buy 12 houses this year, what do I need to do? Month one? 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 how much marketing do I need to put out? How much money will I need or how much time will I need to invest if I'm doing lazy or poor methods? I'll also go over the Lonely Ember. We covered that story uh, probably, I don't know, a week ago or so ago live on the show. I'll cover that again. Uh, we're going to cover psycho-cybernetics, self-image, and effectively using theater of the mind for setting and achieving real estate goals. We'll touch on a little bit on that today when we talk about the future narrative. Uh, We'll go over narratives and the importance of telling your own story in advance. That is what we're covering today primarily. The future narrative checklist is narratives and and the importance of telling your own story in advance. We'll talk about checklists and why I have an unfair advantage over all those other guys that are not using checklists and how you can have the same unfair advantage yourself for setting your goals. We'll talk about chunking, clarity, and staying out of overwhelm, kind of an important topic when you're talking about goals. The correct use of affirmations and a comprehensive list of real estate investor affirmations. Well, you guys already know that. I mean, it's the, the same list that's on jamesor.com. It's a comprehensive list of real estate investor affirmations. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about how to use them. But those of you that are listening to this call in advance, you've already got access to that. It's on jamesor.com. Uh I believe it's forward slash real estate investor affirmations with dashes between the words. Uh, We'll talk about timeline therapy and how to apply to achieving real estate goals. It's kind of another variation of some of the narrative stuff we're going to be talking about. Um, We will talk at the live event about what a classic Christmas story can teach us about goal setting and achieving. The Christmas story I am talking about is A Christmas Carol. The story by Charles Dickens about Scrooge. Um, There's some really important lessons that if you watch that or if you've listened to Tony Robbins, he talks about this as well. Um, There's some really important lessons in there about how to actually achieve goals. There's a model all in there that Tony Robbins actually does in live seminars about goal setting. So over the holiday season, if you're going to watch that, look for opportunities for you on how to take someone like Scrooge who has certain beliefs and, and kind of expectations about money and how people should be treated and how he changes over the course of that story. So at the end, he's a totally different person. How does that happen? You can watch the story and get it, or you can come to the event and listen to it live when I kind of explain my thoughts on it or you can go listen to some of Tony Robbins' stuff, and he talks about it as well. The plan, do, and review process and the benefits of accountability and ruthless accountability in your business. We'll talk about why you want to be accountable to something or someone and why you should be ruthlessly accountable with other things in your business, not with you. You should be accountable with yourself, but ruthlessly accountable with other things, like marketing as an example. Talk about getting things done, the Pomodoro technique and how I apply those. Talk about reasonable expectations for real estate investors and actual data to support expectations. So, in other words, if you think you're going to do 100 fix and flip properties in the city of Fort Collins between 200 and 250,000 next year, I have data to suggest that that's a bad goal. All right. Um, So we'll talk about like what actually has happened in the past year or so. And you can get a feel. Maybe even go back a little bit further to show you a couple of years worth of data. But I'll show you some data to say, you know, this is approximately the number of fix and flip transactions that have happened in Fort Collins and Loveland in the last year. This is the number of properties that are listed X number of dollars below assessed value. I'll give you some data points like that to help you set what I would consider to be reasonable expectations for doing deals. Now, there's some people that believe. Don't set goals that are based on reasonable expectations. You know, they'll tell you something like, you know, you really need to shoot for the stars so that if you miss, you'll hit the moon. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that one. I don't personally have that belief. I mean, I see why some people say that, but it's not something that I personally adopt. Um, And there's reasons for it. There's, There's actually... Um, positive feedback reinforcement from actually setting a reasonable goal and hitting your goal, hitting your target. And then I'll give you some resources for recommended reading and references and additional things you should go study on your own. I had a great call with one of my consulting clients last night about their business. And I gave him a really good recommendation. He's, He's out there hitting it hard. He's starting to analyze property, starting to look at property, starting to make offers. We talked about some strategies for him to ramp up. And he's doing great. Um, and one of the things that he needed a little help with, in my opinion, was strengthening, strengthening self-image and moving forward without fear. Don't we all have fear of writing offers? <clears throat> Don't we all have fear of having offers rejected? And what do you do if they accept my offer? Absolutely. So I recommended he read psycho and specifically go over the Theater of the Mind exercise, which is partially what this future narrative is based on. And so... I'd recommend anyone listening to this call, if you haven't actually gone through Psychocybernetics, it's a classic. You can probably get it for, I don't know, 10 bucks or something like that on Amazon. Just go buy it, read through it. It is a self-help classic and based in science. If you plan on going to the Goal Setting and Achieving for Real Estate Entrepreneurs, please do email me, contact me on Facebook, or leave a comment on the Goal Setting and Achieving page, letting me know that you'll be there. Why am I asking you to RSVP? So that I can bring you a printout of the handout. If you don't RSVP, can't guarantee that you will. So you can attend, you can listen, but you won't get a handout. And the handout's probably going to have some stuff that I just will not have time to speak about just due to time limitations. All right, let's go with the affirmation for today. I repeat mailings to the best mailing list over multiple months for maximum results. I repeat mailings to the best mailing lists over multiple months for maximum results. If you think you're going to do a one-time mailing, expect poor response rates. If you think you're going to do a test, I'm going to just mail 500 people and if I don't buy 5 houses from that, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, that's not a that's not a good setup. You're not setting yourself up to succeed there. You want to pick the best mailing list. And and my personal favorites are absentee owners and high equity. So you want to pick the best mailing list and you want to hit them repeatedly over a period of time. If you mail something to somebody and they're not really looking to sell their house, are they going to keep that postcard? Probably not. You know, some do, but most of the time they're just going to throw it away. But two months from now, when they decide they're going to sell their house, if they got a postcard in the mail from you, would that be appropriate? Yeah. But if you only mail them once, you're only going to get part of the response. If you mail them three months later, or six months later, four months later, then you're more likely to hit new people that are now considering selling. So you want to do repeat mailings to the best mailing list over multiple months for maximum results. My personal rule of thumb is between three and four months although for repeating although I use a slightly different model. I actually kind of have a list where I start at the beginning of the list I mail out a certain number each day automatically and I do a new mailing each day when I'm, do, when I'm actively doing mailings. Right now I'm not actively doing mailings personally but when I'm doing active mailings I'm sending out 120, 150 postcards a day, every day. And then when I finally get to the end of the list, I go back and start over at the beginning. And it's about a three or four month cycle for most of my lists, but it could be as many as five. Some lists, if I'm doing a shorter list, could be a little bit faster than that. But that's what I personally do. In case you're wondering, what does James do? He's, you know, He tells you to do this, but what does he actually do? That's what I actually do. But you don't have the ability to go and do those drip campaigns using a database that's stored on you know I actually store mine on jamesdoor.com so for you it's a little bit different you're probably going to be using click to mail which is what I integrate my system with but I actually have an additional back end for managing the mailing list themselves and I wrote that custom from scratch but I basically custom programmed it for myself it's not an off the shelf thing I can recommend to you All right, so let's go over the future narrative checklist I have just added this to the real estate investor business setup checklist underneath the review your goals. So this is a new part of my system, brand new as in like an hour ago. And the idea behind it is it takes some of the parts that I've been doing on my own internally that I haven't really documented for anyone else, and I expanded on it a little bit. So let me walk you through the process, and as I walk you through the process, I'm just going to stream of consciousness tell you about some of the reasons why I do what I do, some of the reasons why I recommend you do parts of this checklist that I added to, and you can kind of get a feel for why it's important for you when you're going and you're setting your goals for 2013, which is a good time to do it right now, um, and and why I recommend doing it as a future narrative checklist. Okay, so the idea behind this is to give you a formal process to determine what your future goals are then to list out all of the activities that you need to do to achieve those goals. Why do I have you say, okay, here's what my goal is. I'm gonna buy six properties, six fix and flip properties in the next year. But then why do I say, okay, the next step for you is to list out all of the activities that it's gonna take for you to achieve those goals. The process of listing out the activities strengthens and improves the odds that you will actually complete your goal, that you'll follow through and get it done. In other words, if you say I want to buy 6 houses, but you don't do anything toward okay, what will I need to do in order to buy 6 houses? Well, you know, I I might need to make at least 6 offers. I might need to at least have the money to buy them or line up the funding to get them. I might need to at least analyze some properties to determine which ones I'm going to buy. I might need to kind of think through the process for doing the rehab. If you don't take the time to list out all those steps or even worse, even worse would be to say, I'm gonna buy six properties and just kind of keep in your mind the steps that you think you need to do because what happens when you keep them in your mind? You go over in your own little mental loops, the same half dozen, a dozen things over and over again. You get fixated on financing. You start thinking to yourself, okay, I got, I got to get financing. Where can I get financing from? Okay, hard money lender, yep. Um, wholesaler, yep, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I could, I could find a partner to do it. Yep, I could do that. I can go down and talk to a bank. I can get someone to uh, joint venture with me and, and kind of put down a down payment. But you kind of get fixated on that and you have that same conversation in your head 30 times, 100 times, 300 times over the course of the year. You don't want to do that. What you want to do... Is you want to say, okay, great, financing. I, I got it written down. What other questions about financing? Okay, do you join a venture partner? I could talk about that. Yeah, write it all out. But then once it's written out, move on to something else. Go into the detail of everything else you need to do. And you may think to yourself, you know, isn't it going to be overwhelming to have this huge list? No. If you get it all down in paper and you've got it captured there, you know, if you haven't read Getting Things Done, This is almost like the, write everything you need to do down process. If you think about it, it's just like, I got to capture everything I want to do. And then I'm going to kind of group them into projects and I'm going to put down what my next actions are. And then we're going to go through and we're going to take this and we're going to say, when are we going to do it? We're going to list out all all those activities and schedule them on a calendar. then the final step, why I call it a future narrative checklist, is we're going to take the calendar And we're going to use that for you to document in narrative form the story of you achieving your goals. You're going to tell that story in advance. You're going to say, this is how I'm going to go and execute these goals. So you'll be writing a narrative documenting the execution of your activities, successfully achieving your goals. Now. Am I naive enough to think that you're going to be able to, especially if you're brand new in the business, that you're going to be able to, from where you are right now, accurately and exactly write down all the exact steps, the amount of time it's going to take, when it's going to have it happen, all those things in advance. No, I'm not. But I will tell you this. You will be light years ahead of anyone else that's just starting out this process if you do this exercise. Will it be 100% accurate? Absolutely not. Will you make adjustments? Yes, you will. But will you be much better off than someone else who just says, okay, I'm gonna buy six houses and they kind of loop through four or five things in their mind all over time and kind of keep thinking about financing and how do I find deals and financing and how do I find deals and financing and and how do I find deals? Because those are the big ones, right? I mean, those are the two big things that I always get asked about. How do I find deals? And how do I finance the deals? You got to think past that. So this is an exercise that's really, in my mind, an extension of a couple different ideas. I mean, one of them is the psycho-cybernetics principle of theater of the mind. To briefly summarize what it is, is you go sit in a place go sit in a chair, go lie down in your bed, and you close your your eyes and you watch a movie of you doing the activity in your mind. So if you wanna go buy houses, you'd go and actually play yourself a movie, watch yourself on a big screen, bright, big, doing the things that you wanna do. Overcoming objections, making offers, getting offers accepted, getting the financing, having the uh, property rehab go smoothly, getting contractors in there. The idea of theater of the mind, it's a very powerful tool talked about in psycho but this narrative idea is very similar. I'm just saying, instead of watching it on the screen, you're going to write it out. The process itself strengthens your ability to do the activities. There's usually a fear of I've never done it before, how do I do it? This overcomes that fear. I'm overwhelmed, I don't, I don't know what the next step is. Okay, well, let's think it through. Like, what does it look like from the other side? What did you have to do in order to get to where you are? Sometimes you don't know, and so you say, great. I would have had to have first research what I needed to do in order to achieve this. Once I researched it, I realized that this is what I need to do, and then just pretend. Imagine as much as you can what you needed to do in order to do that. All right, so here's kind of the steps. Take your goals, whatever it is that you're committed to achieving in the next year, go out to one year in the future to where your goals have been achieved. So imagine yourself one year from now. This is based in part on my limited understanding of timeline therapy and creating future memories. So there's a whole kind of like leg of psychology called timeline therapy where you can go back into your past look at things that are troubling to you and replace past memories with good memories or you can go into the future create yourself a future memory and then look back across your timeline back into the history to where you are today from the future and see what you needed to have done in order to achieve that future memory so based on my limited understanding of that and I don't claim to be an expert in timeline therapy, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, um, but this is my understanding of how it works. And this is what I personally do when I'm setting goals. And it's worked for me. And it's based on lots of reference material. And I think it's going to work for you. But this is brand new. Just invented it today. This, this system, the documented checklist for it. So basically it's based on timeline therapy. You're going to go into the future a year. And you're going to look back over that year and you're going to say, what would I have done in order to have gotten to this point where I've achieved my goal? And put yourself into that situation and imagine yourself, all right, so a year from now, I just did my six rehabs or whatever your goal is. What would I have needed to have done? So you'll be doing this longhand even if your handwriting sucks. Do not type this out. There is a well-documented reason why you want to write longhand for this stuff. So you can go study that on your own, but don't type it out. There's another part we'll type out later. But from the future, from a year from now, write down, by hand, do not type, a brainstorm list of all the things that you would need to have done to get to the spot where you've achieved your one of your goals that you're committed to achieving. So go into the future, and from the future, write Get six offers accepted. Oversee the rehab on six rehab projects. Hire contractors. Hire specific contractors. And then list out, you know, flooring guy and um, kitchen guy. Find good um, granite countertop installer. Interview countertop installer. Call them on the phone. List out in detail every little thing you will need to do in order to achieve your goal. This should be a big, hairy, ugly, disorganized list filled with both really big picture stuff like buy six houses all the way down to the details of Get Home Depot credit account or – get checklists for walking through property to make sure rehab is done or whatever it is that you need to do. Any small detail that you can just think of that comes to mind, write it down. Any big thing that comes to mind, write it down, but realize I'm going to ask you to go back and take the big ones and break them down. Okay? So you want to write this list. Does it have to be in order? No. Does it have to be organized and grouped in any way? No, it does not. Should you do one per line, though? Yes, you should. One per line... On paper, go get a yellow legal pad or a white legal pad or something like that, and just start writing. Does not need to be organized. brainstorm. Don't overthink this. Don't kind of say, well, maybe I won't need to do that or maybe I will write it down. Get everything out of your mind about what you need to do. If you're like, you know I don't know how to go and uh, and and get a contractor. Well, write down, learn how to hire a contractor. I don't know what the paperwork I need in order to get a contractor. Learn paperwork for contractor. Call attorney to ask about contractor paperwork. Ask other investor friends about a sample paperwork for contractor. Just brain dump everything you could think of. This should take a while. But the process of going and listing out everything you need to do is immensely valuable. On that list of uh, topics for the real estate or the goal setting and achieving for real estate entrepreneurs, I talk about... Why I have checklists and why I have an unfair advantage over everyone else, and how you can have that same unfair advantage too. What is my unfair advantage? I I gave it to you in the title of the topic. Checklist. What's the advantage? That I have checklists? No. The advantage is that I sat down and I thought about every part of the business. That's the advantage. The advantage is not that I have the checklist. The advantage is that I sat down and I thought about every little piece of the business and I wrote down a list and says, okay, even if I never ever do this, what would be kind of like my process for it? You know, what would be the things I'd want to think about? And I put myself in that scenario and I say, okay, you know, if I was gonna go and uh, put in a lease option guy into one of my properties, what would I do? What would be the steps? What would I need to be concerned about? What questions would I have for the attorney? What questions would I have about paperwork? What would the paperwork look like? What phrases would I want to have in that paperwork? And I've thought about it, and I've written down my list and gotten organized and just brain-dumped it all. But instead of just brain-dumping it, I actually said, I'm going to put together a sheet of paper that if I ever want to do a lease option, at lease purchase, this is the sheet of paper I'm going to pull out so that I don't have to like think of all this stuff again from the very beginning. I can start from here and say, wait a minute, i learned some things since I wrote this list. I'm going to modify it. I'm going to improve on it. The unfair advantage I have is that I took the time in advance to write it down, that I put together a checklist, good or bad. My checklist could be horrible, but the advantage I have is I actually wrote something down. I took the time to put it together. You can have that same thing, and part of this process, whether you realize it or not, is sort of creating the checklist for what you need to do in order to achieve your goal. So I mentioned here the big picture stuff will be a placeholder for expanding into the detailed smaller pieces. So if you write down analyze offers, you need to break that down. What does analyze offers mean to you? How will you actually analyze an offer? Will you be comparing the price to assessed value? Where do you get assessed value from? Will you be doing comparable sales? How do you do comps? Where do you get comp data from? Maybe you need to ask a real estate agent. Well, I gotta go find an agent write down every step it does not need to be organized just kind of brain dump it all all right so capture everything you can think of if at any time during the entire process you think of anything to add so if like step 12 later on you say oh wait a minute I forgot I need to do this just come back and add it to the bottom of the list So don't worry about it if you miss something because you're going to be able to come back at any time and add add to it. If there are things on a list that you don't know how to do, next item you may want to put on there is learn how to do whatever it is, XYZ. Research how to do XYZ. Whatever it is that you're trying to figure out, you can put down there to learn how to do it or research it. Only after you think you've finished your list and that you've got everything on there, if you have a copy of my Real Estate Investing Systems book, then open that up and start flipping through pages. Start at the beginning and say, oh yeah, I need to do this. Oh, oh, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. But don't jump there first. Believe me, guys, you wanna, the value is you doing it. I could give you the list. But the real value is you sitting down and you visualizing, what do I need to do? I'm a year in the future. I've achieved my goals. I've got my eyes closed. What did I need to do to get here? What did I personally need to do in order to get here? What are the challenges? What, what are the things that concern me? Write those down. What would I need to have overcome? What new people would I have need to have met? What new resources or tools or courses or books or websites or systems or what do I need in order to have gotten to this point? How many offers? And if you don't know, say research or guess, verify that I really do need to write 10 offers in order to get one accepted. My assumption is that. Talk to 10 other real estate investors about that. Whatever it is you need to do, the exercise is for you to go list it out. But in order to help you, Once you've gotten through that exercise, go grab my book and start flipping through pages and it will help you imagine more things for you to do. And the good thing is, hopefully, knock on wood, once you've started getting through this exercise, as you go through my book, you'll start seeing yourself doing some of the activities in the book and it will also strengthen that. The more times you visualize yourself doing something, the more likely you are to actually follow through and get it done, okay? So use it to trigger items you might have missed. Next step, you've got this monster list. I'm calling it the brainstorm list. Next thing you want to do is grab 12 sheets of paper, one for each month. You may need more, but you're going to need at least 12. One for each month of the year in next 12 months. Starting with this month, so December 2012, write the names of the months and the year across the top, December, 2012. Next sheet of paper, you're going to write January 2013. Now, if you're starting this later, you're listening to this recording after the fact, you'll start off with whatever month you're in, and you'll put 12 months into the future. Okay? You may also want to number them 1 through 12 in the upper right-hand corner. That way, you don't have to think to yourself, is April come before May, or does June come before October? You just look at the numbers on top. It's a little easier for you to sort. Okay? So this is the upper right-hand corner, write 1 through 12. I'll refer to these 12 sheets as your monthly to-do list. So when I say monthly to-do list, I'm referring to these 12 sheets of paper that each have a month on them, and then it's a list of the things you're gonna be doing in each one of those months in order to achieve your goal. Then using your brainstorm list, that's that really gnarly large one that's disorganized, start at the top and start to transfer items from that list to your brainstorm, from from your brainstorm list to the individual pages of the monthly to-do list. Okay, so start moving items from there right to your monthly to-do list pages. Now, you're almost definitely gonna have items that appear on all 12 months. Looking at properties, that's gonna appear in almost every month. Analyzing properties is gonna appear in almost every month. You know, getting together with my real estate investor in order to look at properties and write offers. That's going to happen every month. Might there be certain things that only appear on certain months? Sure. Learn how to do this. Research this. Find so-and-so. As you move your item from the brainstorm list to the individual monthly pages, do a single line through, almost as if you're crossing off the item on your things to do list. There's a psychological reason for doing that. You, want, you don't want to scribble it out. You want to keep it readable so that you can reference it later. Partially for nostalgic reasons. If you're going to go and you know have a roadmap for how you achieved your goals in 12 months, wouldn't it be nice to be able to go look at that original brainstorm list and say, this is where I started? And I can still read each one of these things and I only put a single line through it? So you want to go and save that. So do a single line through on the brainstorm list as you transfer it to the monthly list. Okay? Then take each page of your monthly to-do list and start transferring those items that need to be done to a calendar for that month. All right, Let me go into the how-to, and then I'll go into why and the why we're talking about doing this. Um, so how? Um, if for this step, you can use an electronic calendar like Google Calendar or Outlook or whatever you're going to do. Um, if it were me, I would make my own separate calendar for this only. So I wouldn't put it on my normal calendar so that I can almost have it like as an overlay. Uh, With Google Calendar, you can have multiple kind of overlays and see them side by side with your other calendars. I suspect you can do the same with Outlook, although I haven't used Outlook in a while. Um, So you want to do that, you can do it on paper too, but really what you're trying to do is schedule when those activities will take place. So you're gonna decide when you're actually gonna sit down and do the item on your list. You've made this monster list of all the things that need to be done in order for you to achieve your goal. You're doing it from the future so that you know what needed to be done in order to get you where you are. Now you're saying, okay, what months will each one of these things appear in? So you say, okay, well, this month, I'm going to need to have done these things. In January, I'll need to have done this. In February, I'll need to have done this. And so on. And now you're going to say, okay, great. When in December will I do this? Don't overthink it, but time block. They'll say, okay, I need to go find a real estate agent. How long is it going to take me to find an agent? I don't know, 30 minutes, an hour. Time block something. Are you going to be wrong on some of these? Absolutely. You're going to say it's going to take you an hour to go put out postcards. You're going to find out it's going to take you three hours the first time. But the thought is, at least you've got it scheduled. Even if you don't get it all done, say, well, I I put in the hour. Now I realize I still got a lot more to do. I'm gonna have to reschedule some stuff. I'm gonna move things around in order to get this thing done. You'll get better at estimating time in the future, but for now, it doesn't matter. You wanna put it on your calendar so that you know when it's gonna happen. You can adjust your schedule later. You can move things around. You can say, I didn't realize I had a birthday party this day. I'm going to have to move this. You can adjust things if you're under time estimate or if you're over time estimate. But you want to take the things to do from your monthly things to do list, your monthly to do list, and you're going to want to put it on your calendar. Part of the benefits of this exercise is it has you start thinking about you doing the activity and what's involved with it. How much time will it take me to meet with the contractor? How much time will it take me to walk through the property and estimate repairs? How much time will it take me to finish up with the contract? How much time will it take me to go to closing? To apply for my loan? To prepare all the documents I'm gonna need for my loan? To write my ad in order to get the property rented? To write my ad in order to get the property sold? To go put a sign in the yard? You know, Details, details, details. How much time will it take? Visualize yourself doing it and say, well, how long would that take? Well, I I would need to go have the sign made. I I would need to go put it in my car. I would need to go out to the property itself. Um, I would need to bring these things and, and start thinking through in detail what is involved in each step. Also gets you thinking about how many times you'll need to do the activity in order to achieve your goals. How often you'll need to do them and other important details about it. Don't be afraid to add additional things to your list, either the monthly one or the brainstorm one, as you're going through this. You're going to have new stuff come up. But the process of documenting this in advance makes you so much more likely to actually achieve your goal. You know, it's a great story about Walt Disney. Walt Disney... Is famous for people saying, "You know, I wish." I think it's about Epcot Center. I wish Walt would have seen Epcot Center. Walt Disney died, I think, before Epcot Center was actually finished. And and uh, his brother Roy Disney, I believe, says, "Walt saw it first, and that's why you were seeing it now." Because he he had the vision. He knew what was going to happen with Epcot Center. He saw it all built out. He saw what he wanted to be done. All I'm asking you to do is get the vision of what it's going to take in order to achieve your goals. And the way you do it is you go out to a year in the future when you have achieved your goals and you look back. What would I have needed to have done in order to get here? What did I do in order to get to this spot today? Brain dump a list, take the big list, transfer to a monthly list, take the monthly list and calendar it out, schedule it out to get it done. You can type this next part in your word processor. Okay? So basically what you're doing do is you can type in your favorite word processor, but you're now gonna go from a year in the future, you've got your big list, you've got your monthly list, and you've now scheduled out in your calendar when you're gonna do all this stuff. Now that you've done that, the next step is for you to actually narrate it. Write your own success story from the future. So pretend you're a year in the future and write me a letter or write someone else that you care or respect, care about or respect. Someone who's going to hold you in the highest regard without judgment. Someone who has really high expectations from you. Maybe it's your priest or rabbi or counselor or uh, minister or maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your Uh, mother or father-in-law, maybe it's your mother or father, Uh, maybe it's your aunt or uncle, maybe it's a good friend who hasn't seen you in a while, maybe it's someone from high school that um, you you think thinks really highly of you, maybe it's a mentor of yours, maybe it's a mentee of yours, someone who looks up to you, maybe it's your children. I don't care who it is. The thought process is you want someone that has the best picture of you possible because you want to write to them so that you present yourself in the best possible light so that you have the best possible expectations of yourself from the future. Go listen to that again if you missed it. It's important. You want to have the best possible expectations of yourself when you're writing your narrative from the future. Okay. So imagine yourself from the future a year out from now writing the story of how you achieved your goals. It's in the past tense. You may want to start it off with something like, a year ago, I had set the goal of buying six rehab projects and completing them and making whatever it is, $150,000 net after all expenses. Wow, was it a challenge to do so. Let me tell you about the last 12 months. In December of 2012, I had sat down and listened to a great show by James Doerr about how to go and set goals and achieve your goals in real estate investing. And I committed then to go buy whatever it was and tell me the story. You can write your letter to me. You don't have to send it to me, by the way. You can if you want to, but it's not required. The process of you writing the letter is the value. Send it to me if you wish, but you don't need to. You don't need to send it to the person you're holding high regard. It's who you're writing for. It's your public. Your audience. So you want to tell them from the future, looking back over the last 12 years, 12 12 months rather, what your challenges were. The first thing I did was I sat down and I had to go find a real estate agent and uh, I got a question came in. Came in late, uh, deep subject, wanted to know when he would upload to YouTube. Um, yeah, I should upload it to YouTube pretty soon, Elliot. Uh, it'll pre- it be, it Really, it's just a matter of convenience for me, so I will go ahead and, it is recording, I will go ahead and get it up to YouTube probably within a day or two. Um, if you don't see it up there in a day or two, just give me a gentle nudge via email. Um, so you want to go talk about the challenges you've had and how you overcame them, Think about, you know, the problems where you saw yourself stumble. You know, I really had a problem with this because before December, you know, I hadn't really had any experience with doing rehab. And so I had a lot to learn. And here's what I learned. And, you know, almost like you're giving advice to someone else you care about. Say, you know, these were the challenges I had. And, you know, if you're ever going to help someone else do it or you're going to do it yourself, these are the things to look out for. You know, these are the easy things for me. These were the hard things. This was surprising. I didn't expect this. I ended up spending a lot of time doing this until I realized that this was a better way to do it. I felt really good doing the following work. It was hard, but it was rewarding. These are the times when I thought about quitting, but I didn't, I persisted. Here's what I did in order to overcome that. If I could do it again, here's what I would do differently. You want to narrate your life story. Show your warts and all. Be honest with yourself. No one is going to see this unless you want them to. But this is like the story of your struggle. It's documenting it. But you're doing it from the future, looking back 12 months, so that you actually have a a roadmap. Now, I personally recommend for commitment reasons that you actually have it printed at your local printer or copy shop or Amazon, CreateSpace or Lulu or wherever it is. Now, you're not trying to sell copies. You're not trying to have people read it. But there is a, there's a commitment part of having it printed and having it bound and having a copy on your shelf or you know, almost like a diary. You're firming up the story and you're making commitments to it. And then if you make modifications to it later, you have to view version one in print format. Okay. And then finally, adjust your future narrative as you make better distinctions about the path in order to achieve your goals. Is your first narrative really going to be 100% accurate? Absolutely not. Is it going to be even 50% accurate? Probably not. I mean, you're going to have things that change. You're going to realize... I don't want to do it this way. I thought I did it first, but I found a better way. Don't worry about it. Adjust your narrative and make better distinctions as you go along. You're learning. But the growth you get from going through this in advance without having to spend the money, you know, this reminds me, I didn't think about this before, but one of my really early mentors um, was a guy that actually taught uh, commodity trading. And one of the things that I learned from him was this concept of mock trading or paper trading, of trading commodities without actually spending money. And the value is you get to do it without risking anything. Well, this is almost like doing the goals that you've set for yourself without risking any money. You're sitting down and you're going through it all in your head in advance without risking money, without spending a huge amount of time I mean, you're spending time. Don't don't get me wrong. This is, a, this is an involved process. This takes discipline to sit down and do. But better for you to have the discipline to sit down and do this for a day or two than to flounder around for the year and not achieve your goals. Hopefully that helped you guys. Um, I will get the recording up. Any final questions before we end the call? Is that good? Is that helpful to you guys? Good. I'm glad. People are telling me good stuff. So, You guys are all very welcome. Um, I'm going to end the call. I will give you um, the YouTube video so you can review this and kind of document it. All right, guys. Have a great day. This has been James Orr. I will talk to you soon. That's it for me. Got to make a couple phone calls and I'm off to lunch. Tonight I'm going to be one of the sharks on the local real estate investor group version of their uh, shark tank. Hope you guys can attend that if you can. Anyway, I'll talk to you all soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye for now. With home prices up, mortgage interest rates up, and rents up but not quite enough to counteract the higher prices and interest rates. Cash flow on rental properties in Phoenix is harder than ever. Book a call with the Real Estate Financial Planner to apply our proprietary 88 strategies to improve cash flow on your rentals. See the show notes for a link to schedule your call and improve your cash flow today.